This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh he plays. Oh, he's the Welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Assistant Managing Editor here at TexasFootball.com and Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Ishmael Johnson, alongside Mike Craven, our college football insider. Mike Craven, what is up? You've been talking for so long today. <laughs> yeah, this is my second podcast uh, at 3.15. I'm joining a different podcast to yep. talk TCU football as well. Uh, so yeah, my voice may be gone. Yeah, time. these are these are more words than I like to utter to other people in a day. We might not see you till next week after <laughs> after today. I do. I am. Uh, I have grown as like uh, my reputation in the office is yeah. if we do something very socially active, then I'm not there for the rest of the time because I'm going to be recharging my battery. Yes, so. but uh, you're getting better at it. You're getting better at it. <laughs> Batteries get a little bigger. <laughs> there we go. You can last a little bit longer. Uh, over there, switching the knobs over there by the computers. Everyone's favorite Mal pal, Mallory Hartley. How are you doing? Good. Good to see you guys. You've been traversing the state doing uh, Texan <laughs> yeah. Live stuff. Just got back this morning yeah. from Houston. So. Pickle and I, uh, we've been traveling for the past, since Sunday. Uh, yeah, we were doing Texan Live stuff in Houston this mm-hmm. whole week, and we, uh, we took a flight at 6. Ugh. We got to the airport at six twenty this morning, um, and so yeah, we're very tired. But you know what? Give we're giving the people what they want—a new Republic of Football episode. I was about so. to say, y'all are right in it. Look, if I ever got up at six, I would not be doing anything social. Like I, I'm going to if I'm getting up at six, I'm going to a place and sleeping at that place. Like it doesn't matter. What, yeah, I'm, I'm probably watching Liverpool. Sure, exa- or that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. Lord. Or going and then going to bed right after that. <laughs> right, going right back to bed. Uh, on today's show, we have a pretty interesting show for you. Of course, we're going to talk about the coaches' poll because there was um, at least one drunk coach in the country um, that that put a certain team way higher than anybody thought. Um, and we also have some scheduling news, futures, uh, future schedules for two in-state programs. Of course, SMU decided to get in on the NIL game after seeing Texas Ching. Tech getting on the NIL game. Mm-hmm. Pony Express is back, baby. And then also in the latter half, we got our sp- small college expert, Corey Hogue, in the house. And so I'm going to skedaddle. And I'm going to let Craven and him talk some college, uh, small college football. You heard Craven hint a little bit at a small college episode. That will be uploaded soon. He and Corey Hogue did an extended small college preview, FCS, D2, all that stuff. On their own, it will be a separate uh, audio. Uh, I believe audio, right? Yeah, it's an hour. Yeah. Like, so there you a, go. It is, it is Look, deep dive. I was about to say, you, got, you have you – have, G5 graduates here and all of us, right? Mm-hmm. We all know we've been getting a little too Power 5-centric, right? There's been some news, the Power 5, all that stuff. Sure, fine. So here's, here's, here's us making it up to you. <laughs> We're going to say there, there's been one level, or I should say three levels that have produced national title-winning teams in the state, right? And they're all sub-FBS. So we're going to give you our good dose of that, and you're going to get a full-on preview. And you're gonna be, if you're not prepared for the small college season coming up this fall, I don't know what to tell you after this podcast. So we'll have Corey Hogan, the latter half of this show. There'll be another audio-only podcast available on Spotify and Apple. Be sure to check that out. Other than that, let's get going. Okay, so Coach's Poll came out. 
Uh, four Texas teams ranked. We have number seven, Texas A&M, number 10, Baylor, number 18, Texas, and number 25, Houston. So after I just said we talked way too much about the Power Five, let's talk more about the Power Five. Because <laughs> why is Texas 18? And also, why did Texas receive who, – who, who put them at number one? One coach in the country put Texas at number one, <laughs> and I want to know who it is because it <laughs> has to be a joke because it's funny and it – it got traffic on Twitter, yeah. credit to them. And also, I think it's obvious coaches don't care about this poll. No. Yeah, it should be renamed the SID poll. Sure. Because that's who does the or poll. Or the director of ops poll. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe they do the first one. Sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. they don't do another one mm. for the rest of the year, right? Yep. So, like, that, that uh, it should be the SID poll. Um, I have no idea what happened with the Texas first place vote. I'd imagine it was a mistake. Maybe somebody, somebody was trying A&M. to vote yeah. Texas A&M right. number one, which is also kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I know it's not Steve Sarkeesian because he doesn't have a vote. Right. So we can, you know, Kirk Bowles is like trying to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I love Kirk for it because he like tweeted out. That's like, such a Jeff, Kirk Bowles like, thing. He, he's like, uh, a source tells me Jeff Trailer wasn't the one who like voted for Texas or whatever. It's like your source is Jeff Trailer. You know, <laughs> right, like you could have just right. said Jeff Trailer tells me that I did not vote Texas number one. I thought that was really funny. So <laughs> keep doing God's work, Kirk Bowles. Yes. Keep doing it. It's got to be a joke. I mean, there's no no way that has seriously a either a mistake or just. Just like, uh, I'm going to do this. Right. You yeah. know, like, but I, I hope it was Kansas's coach. Oh, yeah. Lipole and his Lipole. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, it probably like, was. Because they're like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. going to go in there and beat them again yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be number yeah. one. It's going to be, uh, who's the, is it Terry Bowden? ULM? Right. The, the right. He's like, yeah, we yeah. got him. Yeah. We got him. We're yeah. going to get the number I'd one, imagine, I'd imagine that was a mistake. I still, if you look at our magazine, we have Baylor in front of A&M in the poll. And I, for me, it's because there's a bigger question mark at quarterback for Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. I know who Baylor's quarterback is. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know who A&M's quarterback mm -hmm. is sitting in this chair right now. Like, I don't know if it's Max Johnson. I don't know if it's Haynes King. I don't know if Connor Wigman becomes that guy by midseason if things don't go right. Right. For me, it's hard to rank a team in the top ten that's not Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, that doesn't have a – bona fide that's your dude at quarterback mm -hmm. that's such a big question mark and it's why they went eight and four last year like talent's not a problem at a &M. they beat mm -hmm. alabama they're good they can yeah. beat anybody on their schedule they can also lose to any of those sec teams on the schedule and when you don't have consistent quarterback play that margin of error is so small you got to play perfect like you got to run the ball well you got to play defense you can't turn the ball over you got to do that every single week i have not seen a&m consistently be able to do i haven't seen a&m win 10 games sure mm -hmm. no so exactly like, until that happens i don't know why they're just like this odd an automatic top 10 team. I think mm -hmm. Baylor's the top ranked team in the state or should be. I mean, preseason polls, are, I mean, they're, they're guesses, right? Especially when media polls are going to be guesses, right? We'll sure. see the, we'll see the media sure. poll when that comes out. Mine will look very stupid by the end of the year. Sure. You know? I mean, they all, all do. And so like I, one coaches don't pay attention to other, anybody like they're literally when they, yes, it is a cliche that they say, Oh, we're focused on week one. That's literally all these guys are focused on. Like they're yeah. worried about, you know, Seth Luttrell is worried about Dana Demmel. Dana yeah. Demmel is worried about Seth Luttrell, right? They are worried about that week zero. Jeff game. Trailer is worried about Dana Holgerson. Right. Exactly. They're worried <laughs> about worried. that first game. They have not looked, Jeff Trailer's not sitting there being like, well, I don't know, Houston, number 25. You right. Know, yeah. Sure. He's obvi they obviously play Houston, but like, they're not he's like, he's not concerned oh, with Texas. At oh, number who's they're whatever, 25, but 18. they're not 23. You know, yeah. like he's right. not sitting there filling it out very methodically. So, um, it's always, 
a talking point. It's always like a nice little thing for us, right? The media loves to do stuff like this to be like, ooh, who's the one that put whatever it's here? A, it's early August, man. We sure. Need, we need as much. Fair. You can only ask Jimbo what he think of the quarterback position so many times yeah. after like two days of practice. So like <laughs> eventually you got to move on to something else. So, you know. Yeah, that leads me to a really cool idea, though. Like mm-hmm. it'd be great to know how long each of these coaches spent on the coaches poll. Sure. You yeah. Know, like right. I want it to be like That's Jeff Trailer. Here's his poll. Yeah. One minute, 22 seconds. Right. You know, like I want <laughs> right. those stats. Right. And, and what what coaches pick it's or that participate in the coaches poll? It's just is it, a is random assignment. You got to be oh, there okay, for a couple it. years. Right. They try to spread it out across the country in different conferences and okay. stuff. You know, they don't want like it all to be power five right. schools or all SEC schools. So it's kind of like as one coach leaves, they find another one to, to fill that spot type deal based on tenure and, and region and conference. Gotcha. Yep. So okay. yeah. So yeah. Uh, that came out. We'll be paying attention to more polls, obviously, as they roll AP out, polls so. out Monday. There we go. Mm-hmm. So that'll be. Uh, that's kind of usually the first like the one people look at. Yeah. yeah the ones is like oh, okay. Here's where actually people kind of are thinking this uh, the season is going to sway in the beginning. So anyway, uh, moving on to SMU. Let's get into this donor group. And uh, SMU has donors. What? 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 That's a shock. Money. Crazy. <laughs> Wonder if there's a car associated with any of this. Um, so they announced earlier this week that they're jumping in on the booster-driven NIL deal. Thirty-six thousand dollars, which right now puts them number one in the country as far as booster-driven team-wide NIL deals. Of course, passing up Texas Tech, who was twenty-five thousand, yep. I believe, at the Matador Club. So surprisingly, <laughs> on the hill. There's money. Who knew, right? <laughs> yeah. What do you? What do you? What are your thoughts, Craven? You know, SMU getting. I like that one. There was a lot of criticism towards SMU for not getting in the Big Twelve, right? That's kind of. Some people may have seen that as like, oh, that's a ceiling for that program. They're not getting up to that next level, whatever. Well, here's them flashing some cash, right? Mm-hmm. And is this kind of an indication of saying we're gonna we're gonna make our move as the quote unquote best of the rest? Yeah. Uh, Chris Vanini wrote a really good article for The Athletic that made me mad because it was a really good idea. And I wish I would have uh, <laughs> thought of it. Yeah, I wish I, I would have thought articles. about it. Yeah, I hate those. Yeah. yeah I, I hear comedians talk about that, like when they hear a good joke and they're sure. like, ah. Like that, like, so he kind of wrote about how like SMU was given the death penalty for giving out money. <laughs> right. And now SMU is kind of like raising themselves out of this like G5 rubble of being left out of conference realignment with money yep you know Uh and so it's just kind of like this amazing 40-year turn that college football has had um and so i think it's a great thing for smu right one of the you don't have a full stadium Mm -hmm. you know you don't have a rabid fan base what you do have is cash yep like at smu you got money you have donors you have alumni with a lot of money why not use that I we spent a lot of time on this show talking about how smu and utep are probably the two biggest losers of conference realignment Mm -hmm. on paper Mm mm-hmm the more I kind of look at it, though, like if they're not going to go to the Big 12 and compete with those schools, they're going to they're going to be the new Cincinnati. Sure. They're going to be a new Houston. Right. Like when when those teams are gone from the American, who's there to compete with SMU? big fish in these small like, ponds? USA yeah. one conference USA and they're moving up. And like people are thinking that UTSA is going to be kind of that contender with SMU. UTSA, and I say this as a UTSA grad, UTSA doesn't have $36,000 per player to throw around. No. That's $8.5 million yeah. that they're dedicating to football and basketball players. One, That's one year. Mm-hmm. That's just in one year. 
right? That's before we get to coaches and trainers and staffs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. SMU's like, it's like a 25 million, 30 million payroll, mm-hmm. basically. Like the other schools in the American do not have that kind of money. And I think this sets up SMU to be a real G5 darling. And if the playoffs expand like we think it's going to, I know a lot of those spots are going to go to the SEC teams. A lot of those spots are going to go to Big Ten teams. But if Cincinnati can make the top four in regular times, yeah. SMU an can make undefeated case. American SMU team in 2026 can make the 16-team playoffs yeah. as like the 13th seed. For sure. And that's all. That's what this is. That's mm-hmm. the goal. And so I, I think they've really – I think this is a, an act of intent. Yeah. You know, that we are not going anywhere. We have a few advantages, one of them being our checkbooks, and we're going to use those advantages. Good for Rhett Lashley, good for SMU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing – because the rumor is that USC is now mulling over what they're going to offer. I think uh, that news broke yesterday that they're going to kind of conjure up something to make – I'm curious to see what these program booster-driven, right, roster-wide payrolls are going to be. Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm really curious about because I don't think – I don't think we're going to see it at like the Alabamas because they know the individual players can just get blank, right? I don't know. They might do it, right? There might be something where, you know, Alabama throws out 50, right, per. Possible, absolutely. But I also think that SMU and Tech, they know that not everybody's going to get something, Mm -hmm. right? They know very much that the center for Tech might probably isn't going to get an NIL deal on his own. So they're going to make sure he's covered. If you're at Alabama, you're getting something yeah, yeah. regardless. Everyone's getting something. And so I think that there is a more there's more of an incentive for these, I want to say smaller schools, Texas Power 5 school and SMU is obviously an upper G5 school, one of those border cases. But I do think that we're, I don't know if we're going to see, I think USC might, we're not going to see a bunch of USC's, right? I don't think Notre Dame, Texas, USC, Alabama, all those. I don't think we're going to see like a widespread array of these program donor-driven things. I think we'll see individual cases here and there because if you are – the running back at Alabama, you're fine, right? Mm-hmm. If you are the quarterback at Texas, you're fine. You're the wide receiver at Notre Dame, you're fine. <laughs> I think you'll you'll just be okay well, regardless. Where, where recruits if, signing with Alabama and getting more than thirty six k. I was about to say, for, right? That's a pay cut, right? For my, yeah, for that my is entire a pay life, cut. I'd imagine for for most people's entire lives, you know. So exactly, like, they're not worried about a baseline. I think for with SMU those guys. and Tech, what these collectives do is they keep them out of the arms race in recruiting. Yeah, they mm-hmm. can go. Hey, we're not. We can't. We're not going to give you a hundred grand. But here's what we're not leaving you out to snap. dry either. Right, but you're going to make some money. Yeah. You know, and, and if you come here and, and you're a star, you can make even more money than that. Mm-hmm. But, like, here is, here's what we offer. Sure. You know, like, we're not going to haggle with you. We're not going to, like, oh, well, what's Texas offering you? 80 grand? Well, we'll give you 90. Like, we're not right. going to do that. You get 25K. Yeah. And, and I think that's a very smart thing to do because, you know, there's 20 programs that are the haves that can recruit whoever they want, and guys will go there because – not only is there a short-term gain because mm-hmm. of those boosters have been giving them money for years, right? But there's also a long-term. If you're going to Alabama, you don't care about 25 grand because you're trying to make 25 million oh, in, yeah. three, in three years, right? That's not as true for SMU players. It's not as true for Texas Tech players. Like, sure, you get a Patrick Mahomes every now and then, but for the most part, you know, those guys aren't getting into the NFL in the same way that Alabama or Georgia or Clemson are getting to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So get your money. This may be the biggest earned time of your life, right? Or at least of your young life. Sure. Go and get that money. That's not as true at Alabama. But I would be curious to see what that number would be. I would right? be too. Like right. what, Texas, that is an interesting if thought. If Texas starts a collective 
What is that number? I was about to say because USC is such a uh, an outlier case, right? Nobody Alabama is not worried about what USC is doing, yeah. right? Because the USC they're trying gonna, to keep kids in California. Exactly, yeah. keep yeah. kids on the West Coast. Stop them from going to Oregon. Stop them from you know one or two going out to the Midwest right. or SEC. I mean, Al, the Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama is a California kid. Sure, like, yeah, exactly. Bryce Young's a California. Exactly, yeah. they're, they're trying, trying to, to stop the bright guys. And California. Right. right, but what happens if LSU? announces of NIL it, it takes it's gonna right. take one power right right and I think not even a power I think like one if, competitor if if Ole Miss right announces one, one right it doesn't competitor. have to be the echel, upper echelon if it's just Ole Miss says boom we're offering 50 to every student you're like oh then Alabama's like now well start what's it. happening here or Tennessee right somebody right. who has like a legacy who's not happy with their recent run yeah, of I form. mean if Tennessee goes we're gonna give 150 grand to every single player on this roster right that changes a lot. That yeah. changes a lot. LSU starts waking up, right? It's like, ooh, now right. we got to start raise up in six figures. So, yeah, I don't think USC – I think we'll wait to see what that number is for USC. I haven't seen the number exactly. I don't know if they've released a number or if anybody's reported that. But we'll see what that number is, and then we'll see maybe if there's one – because there's going to be one, right? The SEC, that region's such mm-hmm. a passionate region. Some booster club's going to be like, yeah, we got it. Like you said, if you're a middle-of-the-road SEC team, if you're mm-hmm. Arkansas, if you're Ole Miss, if right. you're Mississippi State. If you're right there, right? right. Arkansas, Ole Miss, like right there. That could, like be the, that could be the thing that jumps you up. Yep. And, uh, I, I think it's a benefit all around. It's benefit for the players, too, because there's a there's a contract. Yeah. Yes. And it's out there. Yes. Like, if you go to SMU and somebody doesn't pay you your 50 grand, you can do public outcry. There's yeah. no Trans Am <laughs> action right. here with, if with, you, with if Eric If you go Dickerson. to Tennessee and they've offered you a million dollars behind the table and you only get 200K of it, there's nobody to complain to. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, like sure. maybe you sue people. I don't know how you get into that, but like, it's on. It's it's above board. Sure, and that yeah. that helps. I think a lot because you know what you're getting into. And I think that's why some coaches are into this because there's there's transparency. Yes, right. You know, the Matador Club's putting their name on this, right? And so it says you go. If 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 somebody's not getting paid their 25k, Joey McGuire is going to the Matador Club. Right. Like, why is my Cody Campbell? What right, are you doing? Why is yeah. my left tackle not getting his 25k? Right. right? Exactly. So 100. Yeah. So I, I I think this is this will be an interesting thing. I think that obviously just two programs have done it right now in the state trickle effect we'll see this is kind of in my opinion what, what i imagined when i saw the nil yes. kind of thing happening yes. so uh lastly before we get on to our guest for the episode we did another texas 12 secondary rankings surprisingly again not much pubbub about this one it's weird it's number one texas a&m <laughs> number two tcu well, i'll get to the top five uh number three houston number four baylor Number five, Texas Tech. So, secondary, Mike Craven. I don't know, not really much of a surprise. Texas A&M had, I believe, a top three defense in terms of passing yards per completion last year in terms of allowed. And they're Uh, all back. And they're all back. Uh, I believe they allowed, let me see, 10 yards per completion, only bested by Penn State at 9.8 and Washington at 8.9. So, if we're just continuing that, yeah, I don't see any reason uh, to think that that would change. <laughs> yeah, Antonio Johnson is the best defensive back in the state. Mm-hmm. Nickel for A&M. Damani Richardson at strong safety. I mean, their really only concern is free safety, and it's mm-hmm. not much of a concern. I mean, they, it's a four-star guys, right, five-star right. guys. They're just going to be a little bit young and inexperienced there. At corner, they got Jalen Jones, Tyreek Chappelle. Like, I mean, they're locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. Denver Harris is coming yeah. up the pipe. You know, So, like, they are really good defensive back-wise. It is amazing how – when the P5 teams are on top of these lists, I don't get yelled at as much as when the G5 teams are on top of this right. list. Well, even when we threw Baylor up there last week in the front seven, I mean, they got – people were getting mad. Yeah. So it's, it's well, just – uh, well, I do have one question, though. So some people will look at the stats last year, the numbers, and say, 
TCU got torched in the secondary. Yep. So what was your logic for putting them? Now I don't have to. I I don't question their talent, right? Uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson is one of the best defensive backs in the in the state. What was your justification for putting that unit? that was pretty exposed last year at times. Well, if we look at all the other 11 other than A&M, there's mm -hmm. some major holes, sure. right? Like, you know, Baylor lost a couple starters. Houston lost both their starting cornerbacks. Texas Tech secondary, you know, can struggle at times too, right? Texas, what is Texas going to look like secondary-wise? Mm -hmm. So at the P5 level specifically, and then we can add Houston in there as well since they're moving up to Big 12, I feel like TCU got the advantages, one, because, you know, Hodges Tomlinson's the best cover corner in, in the state. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of allows you to play 10-on-10 10 10 football. He won't have to play safety this year because they went out in the transfer portal and added guys like Mark Perry mm -hmm. that is going to be an instant starter from Colorado. So I, I think that they address their holes through the transfer portal with proven, you know, experienced college football players to where you start to see that, okay, the depth isn't going to be an issue this year. And that secondary was so bad because they didn't get a pass rush. True. Like yeah. the front seven was so bad last year with TCU. Talent for talent-wise, though, like if you put TCU secondary at Houston and give them that kind of pass rush, mm -hmm. that TCU secondary is really good. Mm -hmm. They just had injuries. They had a couple holes. I think they filled both of those spots, and so they're kind of they're two by default. Mm -hmm. I think like there's not a clear cut number two. Now, One, yeah. Now I was I was just gonna say yeah you ranked Rice at number seven. Would you say that Rice's secondary is probably the best unit as a whole that they have this year? Yeah, Rice's secondary. We've kind of made this a running joke on yeah. this show. Right. Rice's secondary is good. Yeah. They know, are like, yes. Like Gabe Taylor is an emerging young safety who's really really good. Sean Fresh, Justin Dunbar at corner, really really good. They got another safety. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his last name, uh, but he's back from injury, and so. I think Rice's secondary is really good. Their defensive line is pretty good. For Rice, it's the linebacker core that's going to be a question. But I think they have the best G5 secondary in the state. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe UTEP's up there, but sure. uh, they're going to be really good in the secondary. Yeah, I think one of the things that stood out to me about this and, and looking at the rosters for each, I mean, the rankings kind of show it's a it's a – kind of up for grabs here when it comes to G5 because of who they're, who teams are replacing maybe or you know just not having the proven guys right now. And so you end up with a Rice at number one. And you know, obviously Houston's number three, but we're going to count them since they're moving up eventually that we're going to count them with the Power Five. Um, but yeah, so it is, it is like – it's kind of stark to see like the 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 30th parallel mm -hmm. <laughs> of the rankings where it's between 6 and 7 and it's like boom power 5 G5, G5. Yeah. and i don't know typically i mean last year there would definitely have been some G5s in that Absolutely. upper ranking so Absolutely uh, it's just one, like UTSA. Let's take right. UTSA for sure. example. They got some really good players from the portal mm -hmm. that should come in and maybe make that secondary better than it was last year. But I have no idea yet. Right, right. The coaches don't even know yet, right? They think that that's true. The fans may think that that's true. But I've seen Rice's secondary players. Like I've seen them play. Like mm -hmm. They're they're good. Yeah. I haven't seen some of these new pieces for UTSA. I haven't seen some of the new pieces for UTEP and SMU. Right? Like, what is that going to look like until they show it on the field? I'm just not. I'm not going to rank them above a unit that I've seen perform well. Yeah. So we'll keep this one up. Go check it out on uh, where is it? DCTFCFB on Twitter. Uh, what's the next position? Are we doing? Is there, are we done or offensive line? Decided yet? Offensive line. I don't know if we've done offensive line. Yeah, we've we done, we done front seven, but I don't think we've done. No, offensive line, not defense, not front seven, offensive line. No, that's what I'm saying. I, we've done that, but I don't oh, think done we've done. Seven, oh, I don't right. think we've done offensive oh, line. So maybe that one will be next. Offensive <laughs> line, and then the week before the season starts is when I want to do 
like stadium experience oh, oh yes cause all the chaos yeah. i was gonna say too you guys in the comments or you know whatever if you're watching this after the fact if you've got any suggestions on what you want us to rank or like that just leave a comment or add us on twitter or whatever I was we're say, always are, open to suggestions these are fun for us yeah. and we're going to keep this series going throughout the season I was so say, we this need is, lots this, of suggestions it's a social thing right this it isn't is, this isn't sure. uh, craven's not doing a thousand word article on this right yeah. this is just like hey what is you know rank the rank the 12 okay cool one two three boom boom boom, boom and, and, it, we'll and it's it you know it's on paper entering the year right sure, like yeah. all this stuff is going to change like exactly. I, I would imagine we look back and it'll be like man you had tcu secondary second you know right. like yeah. i mean there's there's going to be some of that right and that's that's good that's that's okay exactly yep. yep well there you go though there are the texas 12 rankings for this week the secondary union like we just said we're going to put one out uh next monday we put those out every monday so be on the lookout for them we are the republic of football we are here live every wednesday at 2 p.m uh if you like us go ahead and subscribe to our podcast we're on Oh, gosh. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, all of the above. And also, we do enjoy constructive criticism. So if you like what we do, if you don't like what we do, uh, give us a comment. Give us suggestions on how we can make it better, um, what you want to see more. Uh, we're always open to that. Um, also, good news. Magazines have hit the newsstands and stores. Uh, if you see us on Twitter, we are retweeting all of the different pictures that people put out of their magazines. Um, I know for a fact there's some in San Antonio. Um, I believe there's some in Austin as well. I don't know if it's made it down to Houston yet. Uh, Pickle and I didn't see any down there, but they will be making their way probably this week or sometime next week. So be on the lookout for that. And now it's time for our special guest, our DCTF small college insider, Mr. Corey Hogue is here to join us to talk about some small colleges across the state of Texas. How you doing, Corey? I'm good. You know, I was thinking, people are going to think I wear the same clothes every day. <laughs> That's exactly hey, what's hey, going to happen. Luckily, you just recorded a podcast with no video, so it, it won't matter there. We well, can just re- say well, yeah, that happened a couple days ago. Texas football today, I recorded. It's going to be played tomorrow. So people are going to go, he didn't even wear a new shirt. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. I love it. For those that don't know, there are 47 programs in the state of Texas that play college football. It's going to be 48 soon with UTRGV yeah. coming up. So That's a lot. I think it's hard <laughs> to keep track of 12 teams. You, sir, have to keep track of 35. So I, I don't know how you do it. I, I, I don't spend know a few hours it. every day scanning through, through things. And while uh, in between the podcast recording and coming here, I was uh, looking at my Twitter and I see, it looks like, I don't know if they're listening to us, but I think they are. Because we've talked about <laughs> Sam Houston, I don't know how many times. But I get this thing from Sam Houston football post Coach Keeler, saying the standard is the standard. No matter how much you think this year is going to be, what the AD says about looking forward to next year, the standard is the standard. And I promise you, he is not going in there with a losing mentality this year. Yeah, let's start with Sam Houston, right? They're they're making that transition up uh, to FBS football, so they're not eligible to play in the playoffs. They're not eligible to win a conference championship. They only played nine games this year. They start at A&M. What does Coach Keeler focus on this year? Is it 2023? Because it feels like that's a way to maybe lose a locker room at least for a year, right? you got to figure out some stuff for this year. Is it that A&M game? Is it SFA? Kind of like what are the carrots for this for this program in 2022? Well, those games are definitely a couple. The other thing, Coach Keeler is excellent about understanding his players. He's got a great feel for his players. He knew at halftime 
of that game against Montana State that they were done. He knew they had reached the end of what they could do as a team, and it's incredible. It took 23 games to get there. But he's that in tune with his guys. He gave them he's, – he's always been – throughout this COVID situation, I think he may have – he's one of the best at handling it. And how even after last year, they didn't do a lot of offseason stuff. So he's really, he's really in tune with his guys, and I think that's going to help a lot of it. He's still going to want them to compete. His message isn't going to be 2023. Now, as far as personnel-wise, there may be a few more red shirts and maybe a few surprise red shirts that are looking 2023. But on the field, in practice, Coach Keeler's not looking 2023. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, they went 22-1 in the, the calendar year of 2021. I mean, maybe the best college football year, calendar year of all time. You know, only five programs with more wins than Sam Houston over the last 11 years, and that's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and South Dakota State. How quickly do you think this program adjusts to FBS and competes in the Conference USA for a bowl game and for a conference title? A lot of it's going to come down to depth. And again, we've talked, you know, you know, everybody talks about that step from D2 up to FCS from 36 to 63, but now you go 63 to 85. Uh, and that's a lot. And so it, it depends on how quickly they can fund all those 85 scholarships. As far as recruiting goes, that's not a worry. Already crushing it. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. They are out there competing with the top in, in throughout the country right now. They are competing. And, and so I, I think sooner rather than later, I'm going to say probably 2024, 2025 area. It, maybe a little too optimistic for 24. But I think at 25, it's realistic to think they can pick off six games. I'm, like, randomly excited for that first uh, Sam Houston-UTEP game. You know, like, East Texas, West Texas. Oh, like it's going to so be interesting. This is going to be so, so different. You know, a lot. And randomly, a decent amount of UTEP's players are East Texas kids. Mm -hmm. So there was UTEP SFA a couple years ago. Right. Yeah. That was that was a Worlds colliding. Battle, Worlds colliding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of SFA, I think we both agree. Best FCS school in the in the state, oh, yeah. the favorite favorite to win the WAC uh, above Sam Houston, even if Sam Houston was in a normal year. Colby Carthel in his fourth seasons just done an excellent job. What are your expectations of the Jacks entering this season? Oh, if if everything goes well, if they can stay healthy, and and their depth holds through for them, and they get some breaks because in the playoffs you need breaks. They didn't get them last year against UIW. UIW got that in that one game. That was the whole difference. And that's another team that's right there with SFA this year. But I think they're the class because of what they return. If they remain healthy and just get those breaks, they're a national contender. And I I think they've got some motivation. I think you're right about that. they got a lot of motivation here because here's another top 25 put out by my friend Emery Hunt at CBS Sports. Oh, man. Shout out to Emery Hunt. That dude Shout watches Hunt, so man. much football. He, like, I don't know how he does he's it. He's like, oh, here's a German League clip or something. <laughs> yes. You're like, what are you yes. doing? <laughs> yes. I don't know how he does that. He is so good with this. He has them at ninth. He has SFA at ninth, which is the highest ranking I've seen in a preseason. But I, I put – Top five, I would be more like five or six, possibly. Like they, they're that good. Yeah, quarterback Trey Self is back. Wide receiver Xavier Gibson is a unicorn. He had a oh, wow. thousand more receiving yards than anybody else on that roster last and year. And he like, was triple covered against right. UIW. Right, right. right. Like, he's, he's absolutely incredible. He was seventh in the Walter Payton Award voting last year. I think he's the top returning vote getter for that award. You know, and that yes. for the people that don't know, that's the Heisman Trophy 
for FCS. And so one of the one of the best players on there. He's the only FCS player that made our All Texas Summer Edition uh, team. Uh, really good. I, I'm excited to see uh, what SFA does this year. Incarnate Word, another team that made a pretty decent FCS run last year. Like they beat over they beat SFA in overtime in the first round of the FCS playoffs. Some new faces: Eric Morris, the head coach; Cam Ward, quarterback, now at Washington State. G.J. Kinney, we were talking about this on the podcast. I, it always confuses me that the G is in front of the J on the initials thing. It always gets me. Uh, he's he's in town. He's a quarterback. I'd imagine the offense stays the same. We talked about it a little bit on the, the small college preview podcast that we just did. Can that defense catch up to what we know the Cardinals offense can do? That defense is pretty good. And that team is pretty good. And they're very talented. And, and there's a lot of changeover, and I think that's a lot of the reason why – they're ranked 11th by Emory Hunt here in this one that I'm looking at. And, and they've been right around that 11, 12, 13 range. There are some questions, but that's a talented roster. They were within one yard of beating Sam Houston and ending that streak one week early. They were that close to beating them there. I told you earlier, Sam Houston, had they couldn't just kneel down. They had to do a quarterback sneak to get the ball out of the end zone there <laughs> at the end of the game. It was that close with them. So the talent is there. Uh, you mentioned Xavier Gibson and the, the Walter Payton Award, but the defensive award, they I mean, Kalechi, uh, I always forget. I'm going to mess up his last name, so I'm not even going to say it now, but he's the linebacker there at UIW. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he – he is uh, he is tremendous, and he's one of the favorites to win the Best Defensive Player Award in FCS this year. So that they have the talent. They have Taylor Grimes. He is the right behind Xavier Gibson in all of the All American lists. And um, just a quick tease: I have it. We got the DCTF All Small College team coming out next week. So next Wednesday on the Blitz, we'll have that that team will be out there, and so you could probably expect those to be two of the receivers. Yeah, he, he's incredible as well, 87 catches last year. I was at that Incarnate Word Texas State game randomly because I thought I was going to ride a Texas State improving kind of game because they had started 1-0. I was like, Texas State's going to oh, be 2-0. No. I'll go to the Texas State game, get this article out of the way before it's ruined, right, before I can't write it. Incarnate Word is the reason that I couldn't write it, right, because they won. What, what stood out to me, though, is before the game, I remember sitting there in the press box and going, wow, Incarnate Word's not smaller than – Texas State like they're they have a big offensive mm -hmm. line and that's going to help a lot with this adjustment with Lindsey Scott quarterback coming in you ought to seen the clash between them and SFA you talk about big dudes and that and Sam Houston I, I mean those guys are massive down there in the trenches at those schools that's why they're so successful that's why they're able to put up the points and and stop teams is because they they just are so big so let me give you a hypothetical SFA and Incarnate Word are playing week one Right? Where do you where do you Ooh. think that line would be? Like, let's say it's a neutral field, you know, in Austin or whatever. SFA by three? Is it a wider gap than that? Like, how close are these two teams together? Do you think? On a neutral field, because that takes out that home field yeah. advantage. Yeah. Right around three or four. Yeah. Because I think with home field, if it was at SFA, you'd probably say a touchdown. Yeah. If it was uh, back in San Antonio. You would put it right about a point, <laughs> you know. So I think I think three or four is right about right about right. It, they're really close, and so are all the other teams in FCS because they were so close to Sam last year. Yeah, SFA and UIW almost beat Sam Houston last year, both of them. So and Sam Houston was the reigning national champion. 
So that just tells us how close the top of FCS is. Both of those teams are national title contenders. Moving to the SWAC, you know, on the west side, Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern are in there. Um, you know, Prairie View A&M loses their coach, loses a quarterback, loses a couple star defenders to the transfer portal kind of late after spring for, for first-year head coach Bubba McDowell. Do you still consider them the favorite in a, in a pretty weak West division? I think so. I think they're right there. Probably it's most likely going to come down to them or Alcorn. Yeah. That, that's probably where it'll come down to. And I just think PVA you know, has got – they've got better talent. I mean, Prairie View is, is really solid. They've got a front seven that is going to put pressure on everyone. And, and I know I cut some videos last year and put them on the, the college Twitter account of, of them just running down running backs and quarterbacks in the backfield. And I look forward to doing that again this year. They're fun to watch. They dominate that front seven. So the question becomes Trey's on – Trayvon Conley, quarterback, you know, can he be accurate enough? And, and they give him enough time on the offensive line to find that open receiver. He does have – he has good speed, but they want to also be able to throw the ball some. So yeah. that's going to be the question. And then the other team in that division, Texas Southern, kind of it's kind of flipped, right? They got quarterback figured out. They're going to score points. How far away is that defense from being a, a division contending team? That's hard to say because every year this team has taken another – big step forward under Clarence McKinney. So a big step forward for the defense this year would help. Look, if they even get down to maybe an – from – we were going over the defensive numbers. On third downs, they allowed 41% conversion. On fourth down, they allowed 71% conversion rate. You don't win a lot of games if you don't get off the field on third and fourth down. So – and that's not even like average. Like average is what, about 35 36% yeah. for that? And then for – so they're well below average. So if they just come up close to average, kind of like what I said about the Dallas Cowboys last year, if that defense comes up close to average, they're a threat. The Lone Star Conference is insanity, oh, right? Day. They got teams from Texas, teams from Oregon, teams from New Mexico. They got a team from Canada. There's a team in Washington. Uh, you put it in our in the preview from Texas A&M Kingsville to Simon Fraser, which is the Canadian school, as 2,424 miles. For reference, for USC a conference game. That's yeah. insane. For reference, USC to Rutgers is only 300 miles more than that. 2,754 yards. So that's wow. basically a cross country trip. You're just going from south to north. Are you trying to take my wife away from me? <laughs> <laughs> is that your plan today, sir? Have, did you taste all the goods, the, the goodies that she brought in? <laughs> the cookies, the cookies were good. <laughs> and now you're trying to take her gotten, from me. I haven't gotten to the cake yet. The cookies are good. <laughs> Let me tell you, they moved me. They moved me up to Dallas, and I haven't had a home cooked meal in a while. So uh, anything baked is a, is gonna win. Me over. You, uh, you, what, you mentioned Rutgers twice, though. I, I mean, same goodness. stat. It's same stat. Uh, You're just, man, the, I'm going to walk home. <laughs> I'll, I'll drive you back. In, in the magazine, you have Angelo State predicted to win the Lone Star Conference. But since then, Midwestern State's gotten their quarterback, Dylan Sterling Cole, another year. Would you flip that? Would you have Midwestern State, the defending champion, picked first, knowing that their quarterback's now back? Yes. That was their question. They have got the other question they have is a running back. But that can be helped with a good offensive line, which they have that. They have an amazing defense coming back. Malik Owens is returning. He, he is a terror, has been for four or five years now in the Lone Star Conference. The COVID year always throws me off with how many they actually play now. <laughs> and then, so it's, it, they have the defense. They have the pieces. The question was quarterback. Did they have someone who could be accurate enough to get it to their guys uh, consistently enough? And Dylan Sterling Cole did did a really good job. They won the conference last year. He can come back. He's got that year of experience in the offense. 
They've got uh, Skyler Morningweg as their offensive coordinator, who Marty Morningweg's son. So he's been there for a few years. That Coach Maskell, Coach Bill Maskell, does a great job with mm-hmm. staff continuity. Yeah. He is so good with that. He's kept he's kept Skyler there. He's got um, the defensive coordinator Rick Renner's been there for Rich been there forever, man. So he he knows how to keep the 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 people together, and that that's one of his big things. So yes, I think so, and. I would have picked Angelo State if they hadn't lost so much. Yeah. They lost an offensive lineman. Uh, Patrick Willis in the transfer portal went to Jackson State. Uh, That hurts. And and when you lose on the offensive line, that's where games are decided. And so that that would be the big reason why. Because they've got a running back. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Angelo State's got the preseason conference player of the year for a reason. But he's got to have a hole. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I, why I put MSU right now, maybe a slight favorite over Angelo. And then lastly, before we get out of here, we got to get down to the ASC level, Division Three. Mm-hmm. You, sir, <laughs> went on a limb and picked Harden-Simmons uh, to finish first in that conference above Mary Harden-Baylor, of course, the defending uh, national champion who's on a 20-game winning streak longest in the nation. The floor is yours. Why? If I could tell you how many people questioned my intelligence, and rightfully so, after this, it, it would probably it would probably amaze you. Yes, I, I raised a little bit of a stir, uh, especially considering that everybody else comes out and puts Bernard Baylor number one in the national poll. So it's like, what? Thanks, guys. And they put Hart <laughs> Simmons like seventh, you know. But if if there's a year, it's now. Yeah. You know they've got too many changes. They they head coach. Coach Harmon is in. Coach Fredenberg is gone. That's still an adjustment. That's still a new defensive coordinator. They lost their offensive coordinator. I think that matters probably of all the, the moving pieces. That may be the biggest one because Stephen Lee was incredible. He went to Abilene Christian where I, I'm sure he's going to do a good job. That's a team to watch out for. But when, when, you, <laughs> when you look at it, Harden-Simmons was within six points of them last year. Had them down, had the game at the half – all they had to do was finish. They're only six points from the national champion who was not played any closer than that. So they have roughly 10 starters back on both sides of the ball. That, that's kind of what they could at least. That kind of continuity, their only question really becomes quarterback. They don't need someone to be all-state, all-American. All they need someone to get the ball to their playmakers. They can do that. They've got that on the roster. I think – I think if there's a year, it's this one. So I went out on that limb, and I put uh, Harden Simmons to do it. And I'll tell you, I will. I will be at that game. On uh, it's, I think it's late September. I will be at that game. It's at Harden Simmons this year, mm-hmm. and so feel free to come by and let me know that I was wrong or I was right. <laughs> Give me more of your opinions at that time. I, I like it. I really do because uh, the interaction is what we're here for. That's why we do this job. We love interacting, talking football. I'd be there too, but it's the SMU TCU week, uh, and yeah. there's there's right. a little bit of heated rivalry going on between no Sunny Dice lines, and right? <laughs> right, not so, at all. So I'm kind of taking that one uh, on that one. Are you more excited for Harden Simmons, Mary Harden Baylor, or the final SFA Sam Houston game? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, excitement because they're like back to back. Yes, like it, one's September 24th, one's October 1, if I remember correctly. Right around there. Yeah, I'm really excited about Mary Harden Baylor Harden Simmons. I'm also kind of dreading that because people could be mean. <laughs> but, no, I, I'm excited right. about that. Right. But the Battle of the Piney Woods, that's bittersweet. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not in the, the excited. I, it's bittersweet, and I've got to get there for it uh, because I know the AD Bobby Williams was on a podcast yesterday with uh, Sam Houston's Bearcat Sports Network, and he said that there's going to be a pause and that him and Ryan Ivey are talking about redoing it. Well, that gives me a little more hope than the Texas and Texas A&M one, but we're talking FBS versus FCS. You're you're yes. expecting SFA to go play a bitter rival with 20 more scholarships than you. So that there's a lot of things to that. Um, well, I, I feel like it, it could go both ways, too. If, if Sam Houston State were to win that game, SFA is kind of knocked down a bit. But if SFA were to beat uh, Sam Houston State, an yeah. FBS team – where does that put Sam Houston State? Yeah, you know? I don't know if Sam Houston can risk losing that game early on in the trans transition. Right. right. They're yeah. going to have to wait five or ten years before this thing kicks back well, up. Well, look, this, was it uh, – I think it was South Carolina. <laughs> North Dakota State yeah. contacted South Carolina. I saw this right. yesterday. <laughs> South Carolina went, no. Yeah. Uh, well, they, probably, <laughs> they probably didn't even give a no. They're probably like, ah, wrong number. <laughs> this is a Wendy's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing them. No. I have one more question for you. Okay. Since you two recorded an FCS podcast, does that mean me and Alicia can record a Big Ten preview? The mics are right here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see why not. For yeah. y'all that don't I, know, Alicia, Corey's wife, is a big Rutgers fan, and, of course, I'm a big Michigan State fan, so we, we love Big Ten football over here. We're, we're adding as many podcasts as possible. <laughs> but let me, let me warn you. She, you get her talking Big Ten football. She'll talk good about Rutgers. <laughs> She'll talk good about Michigan State because she likes you. I, of course. That's the only reason. Any other team, she will not have good things to say. That's so fine. You're, I'm the you're same way. That, uh, you're taking a risk. <laughs> That's fine. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. <laughs> we'll before, do it. Before I let you get out of here, can Trinity compete with Harden-Simmons, Mary Harden-Baylor in that Division Three level once they if they make the playoffs again? They were one play away from beating Mary Harden Baylor in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So those three teams are about as close as it gets. They they got to be three of the top five in the country, in my opinion, to start this year. And, and Trinity comes back with Tucker Horn at quarterback. The the defense is back. They they allowed eight point one points, which I know is tough to believe, but they allowed eight point one points per game last year. That defense is real. They held Mary Harden Baylor to thirteen. 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 And that was a hard-earned 13. So whoever comes out of those three, mm -hmm. that's that's my national contender right there, my, my favorite for the national champion. Yep. I appreciate it, sir. Uh, for those listening who like it, you know, I think we're going to do this on a weekly basis. I think we're going to start kind of a small college podcast. It won't be an hour and a half every single time no. like the one we just did earlier. That'll be out pretty soon. But, you know, 30, 45, an hour on, on what happened across the state. Uh, again, we, we cover 47 schools. Yes. You know, yeah. no, one, no one else does that. And it's fun. It's a lot of it's fun. It's a lot. It is it's so much fun. What, what's your uh, – so what do you feel like in early August? Is it is it like the day before Christmas? Is there a little bit of dread? Like what is the feeling before football season for you? Because for me, it's a mixture. It's not just all excitement. There is yeah. also a little bit of like, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> yes, and that really – it seems to grow a little – the oh, no seems to grow a little more every year. <laughs> like I got my magazine this year, and I went – yeah, okay, I'll put you over here. Yeah, not, I'm not, not gonna really. you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's June. I, yeah. I have to give away from me. Yeah. I still have to celebrate America yeah. first, you know? <laughs> so give me some time. No, but but it's, um, 
It's a year-round thing now. Yeah, it is. That's the thing that has changed in just the five years that I've been doing this. It's year-round. It, with that portal this year, every mm-hmm. coach I talk to is still looking for offensive linemen. They still are now. They're, you've got transfers. <laughs> JUCOs are still building their roster yeah. now. It's crazy what's happening there. So, yeah, it, it's it's a year-round thing. So when the season comes and you know that it's the, it's going to pick up even more and you get football brain and, and you just go for seven days straight on football for five months, the, the thought of that becomes a little – daunting yeah but then when you remember that you're traveling you're going to all these great small towns you're going to all these great colleges and uh you call that a job (laughs) that you're watching a game that you love and then you write about it oh that's not really a job so i you don't complain about that i I do want to say i think you guys need to do a top of each city of the uh fbs schools who Best barbecue city. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. That'll I, get some talk. I ran into a cholesterol problem a few years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't. I don't eat a lot. Doesn't of, everybody? I've become the guy I used to make fun of at barbecue places that orders like turkey. You know that I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this brisket. I right ran into a cholesterol problem probably before I met my <laughs> wife, but definitely with her ability to cook. Oh yeah. <laughs> I run into a cholesterol problem. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like. Last year, I got hired in September, yeah. like the first oh, week yeah. of September. And so it was hard to just get in here and just cover the 12 FBS schools. I don't think we did a good enough job on my level covering all 47. I think this year we're going to do a better job of that. We're going to do a, a Texas 47 where we kind of rank all 47 teams within tiers. We're going to do a, a weekly podcast. Of course, you have the Blitz coming out every single Wednesday. So uh, I don't know if anybody else will cover those other 35 teams as well as we do, and that's the goal for this year. So appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Gone are the power poles, yeah. and I'm really happy about that. Because that is never fun. But I, this new one we got is going to create some some kind of how we're going to it. It's going to create some talk as well. So it, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, nice to have your your kind of grounded last year. You were just flying when you got here. It was got t- I, was, I still had soccer brain on. Like I, I, <laughs> you did. I, was, I was like I like I was in Vancouver. For my last yes. like thing, and then like came straight for week two, you know, like it was insane. So I, I remember your your timeline. You were like Austin, 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 Dave Campbell's. Yeah. I went, whoa, right, okay. I was in a season last year. I felt like Sam Houston. I was in a season last year from February through January. You know, like well, there was because the soccer ran right into to yeah. football. So no, I, I get it because it we exciting. had the, the fall season, right? The COVID spring, right? So we had teams playing of the thirty-five all fall in the spring and then you had a little bit of a summer and then you went right back to the fall again to january so yeah it was something yeah so appreciate everybody listening we're going to bring uh, more small college talk to you all so if y'all are interested in that please rate subscribe all that kind of stuff we have had 11 of the 12 fbs <laughs> coaches on this podcast jimbo fisher please give me a call